This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. West Brom 1, Liverpool 2. Guy Clark here. Thanks for joining us for the latest post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Alison Becker, Liverpool's number one. The first goalkeeper in the Reds' illustrious history to score. And what a goal. What timing. What a moment. Again, the Reds showing their powers of recovery. Mohamed Salah cancelling out Hal robson Carnu's opener for West Brom before Alisson stepping forward to save Liverpool's season. We've plenty to come here. Here on post-game, Jurgen Klopp's press conference, the Echo's chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle at the Hawthorns, as well as our regular contributors. And of course, there's one man who is the main topic of conversation. Before we get into it, let's get to the Hawthorns. Ian Doyle there for the Echo, watching on as Alison Becker stole the show. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Well, where on earth do you start after that? Uh, I think you probably start at the end. And as you've probably all seen and, and read about, Alison Becker scored a, a winner in the 95th minute, the fifth minute of injury time that's earned Liverpool a 2-1 victory here at uh, the Hawthorns against relegated West Bromwich Albion. Um, I mean, it was an incredible moment, which we'll come on to now in, in terms of Liverpool's history. The first time a goalkeeper's ever scored from open play. For, well, in fact, scored a competitive goal for the club uh, since they were, you know, the club was incepted in in 1892. So, in that sense, an historic afternoon. It's also Alison Becker's first goal as a professional footballer, which isn't a surprise given the fact he's a goalkeeper. But the header that he put onto Trent alexander arnolds cross from uh, corner from the left was the kind of finish that any. Any uh, number nine, any forward would have been, of which been proud. Any any defender would have been proud. Basically, any outfield player would have been proud of that. It's a fantastic finish, and it earned Liverpool a two-one win. That's got them within a point of the top four and the Champions League qualification places. But for them, for almost all of that game, it looked as though Liverpool were going to, you know, fall short in the, in the victory that they needed to keep their uh, Champions League hopes and you know, the destiny in their own hands. I mean. Uh, from the very first part, a bit like against Manchester United on, on Thursday, Liverpool didn't start particularly well. They seemed a bit unsure but themselves, a bit nervy, and that allowed uh, Hal Robson Carney to score after after um, after 15 minutes. And to be perfectly honest, it was no more than nothing less, I should say, than West Bromwich Albion deserved. They were lively, given the fact that they're relegated as well. I mean, they didn't really have anything to play for, and there was a kind of a... You could tell that the pressure was off them in that sense. And also, if you've got a manager like Sam Allardyce, who loves nothing more than to than to upset the apple cart and to, you know, stick a, a spoke in the wheel of, of, of the big guns and, and deflate them and all of that, especially against Liverpool, he's, he's renowned for it. I think uh, I'm right in saying in the previous five games that uh, Allardyce has played against Liverpool, uh, Liverpool hadn't won a single game. So he was in his element in that regard. So after 15 minutes, it was looking good for West Brom. Liverpool took a while to get going, responded. Mohamed Salah scored his 31st goal of the season. A great finish from the edge of the area after Sadio Mane had nicked the ball, uh, I think, ahead of Kyle Bartley, the West Brom defender. And from that moment on, the, the pattern of the game was set. Liverpool had an awful lot of the ball but didn't really create the chances you may have expected until very, very late on in the last five, ten minutes. Um, Jürgen Klopp had made changes. Uh, he brought on Jordan Shakiri after about an hour. He also brought on Ginny Wijnaldum for, for the last ten minutes or so. He's, uh, he'd been rested to the bench and Curtis Jones had come in. The only other change for Liverpool had been Stadio Mane, who's brought back in, in place of Diogo Jota, who's who's now out for the season. He's, he's got a foot injury, uh, which... I wouldn't say it's threatening his, his place for Portugal in the Euros in, this, in next month, but it, it's it's going to face a slight race against time. But he's definitely out for for Liverpool's last two games. And as I say, by then, Juan Alden was on. Juan Alden missed a chance. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold missed a chance. And it seemed as though it just wasn't going to happen for Liverpool. It was going to be one of those days. And the only disappointment, as far as I'm concerned, is that Alison Becker's header. There was nobody there to see it. Can you imagine what the away end would have been like had, uh, when that had gone in? Would have, you know, you can imagine what the scenes would be. The good thing is that this is the last game. Pretty sure we're rather hoping it will be in which this Liverpool will play behind closed doors. We have to hope that the return of fans, which officially starts tomorrow in all sports, Liverpool's first game will be at Burnley on Wednesday before they'll get ten thousand in at Anfield against Crystal Palace on Saturday, on uh, Sunday. Sorry, um, we have to hope that that's going to 
be a gradual return. Hopefully next season they'll be, we'll be seeing full houses again. I mean, that's for another time. For now, Liverpool are just trying to make sure that they're in the Champions League with Chelsea and Leicester City now doing a replay of the FA Cup final on Tuesday night. The team's currently Leicester, currently third, three points ahead of Liverpool. Chelsea are fourth, one point ahead. That's a game where basically Liverpool can't lose in the sense that they can't both win. And I mean, I'm sure Liverpool would have a preference over what they would prefer the score to be, but whether the outcome would be. But for them, it's basically they know what they have to do, and that is just to keep on winning, get these two wins, as I say, against Burnley, against Crystal Palace. Looking at the game overall in terms of individual performances, same as on Thursday, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's he's kind of got the bit between his teeth, and you could tell that he. Jurgen Klopp had spoken on Friday about the players being desperate to get into the Champions League and you kind of see that desperation in the performance of Trent and also of Thiago Alcantara I thought again he's when it's come to the crunch and it's come to these big games and big moments and you want your big players to step up he's managed to do that and he was I thought he was very good I mean and he was playing further further up he was getting a few shots away and he was always the pace of his passing as well that's what impressed and it kept giving West Brom something to think about well what was interesting is that with no fans being in, we can hear the shouts as we've heard all the way through the season and you could tap from the players on the pitch and you could hear certainly around the hour, you could hear West Brom's players were saying, like, take a breather now, you know, we need more pressure. You could tell that the game's kind of going away from them. And you have to say fair play to them because, as I say, they were relegated. They didn't really have anything to play for, but it is a you know, a sign of... I'm not saying all, all, basically it's, it's it's a part of the English game isn't it that, and it does happen elsewhere obviously but the teams are kept honest it's why the Premier League is such a difficult league in which in which to play because teams just don't roll over and West Brom deserve credit for, for what they did and they'd have enjoyed you know putting a, as I say putting a spoke in the Liverpool's Champions League you know bandwagon as it were and Allardyce in particular would have enjoyed that but you know, in the end Liverpool got the job done it's you know it's, it's basically just about the results at the moment, and they also slightly run out of players. They had t- with Jota that meant that they had ten players, senior players, unavailable. They had a bench that included Billy Cometio, Nico Williams, Leighton Clarkson, and Ben Woodburn, and uh, so the only other person they could have thrown on towards the end was Divock Origi, but he wasn't required. Hopefully, Jurgen Klopp said maybe James Mill and Alex Oxlade-Chain will be back for the game at Burnley, and Liverpool will need potentially to rotate not that they would have been overly tired by their efforts but it's just nice to keep things fresh uh, and Burnley will be I'm not saying it'll be exactly the same as this game against West Brom but it, you would expect it to be something similar with Sean Dyche but you know overall again looking at some of the performances Andy Robertson perhaps not on his best Nat Phillips struggled first half better second half Reese Williams did well again he seems to be growing in confidence and he, he seems to feel as though he belongs certainly around this this Liverpool team uh but in the end, the only thing anyone's ever going to remember from this game is uh, Alison Becker walking up for a 95th minute corner and heading in the winner. Ian Doyle at the Hawthorns for the Echo as Liverpool kept their Champions League hopes alive with undoubtedly the moment of the season. Surely it's written in the stars. What else, though, does this season have left to throw our way? The Reds now just one point behind fourth place Chelsea and three off Leicester City ahead of those two facing one another at Stamford Bridge on Tuesday ahead of Liverpool heading to Turf Moor to face Burnley on Wednesday. Let's not, though, get too far ahead of ourselves and time to hear from Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media after the win at the Hawthorns. Hi Jurgen, um, you must feel that someone someone upstairs is smiling down to Liverpool now. Is it, is it all, do you feel that momentum is in your hands now and it's, it's, it's yours to lose now for that Champions League spot? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. So I, I don't think we have to think too much about that. Um, we knew today that it will be a tough one. Um, you play against a team who went through a lot, with a lot of um, pressure situations, and in the end they couldn't make it. So today, free of pressure, but with a really good attitude, uh, they gave us a proper fight. And um, but then being one 0 down, that makes obviously life not easier. Um, in a game where you have constantly the ball, pretty much, and each time you don't have the ball, it's kind of a set piece. So the next ball is a set piece, and that makes it. You, how can you defend set pieces one thousand percent against a team like West Brom? It's just tricky. So it was a tough job to do. So I didn't think a second about momentum. I wanted us just to be full of desire and calm anyway. So and that's what I saw because we had to play football. You cannot really force it. 
um, like with shots from 35, 40 yards or something like that, you have to play through. We had to play in the most difficult spaces between the lines. So we created chances, but didn't use them. Um, and we needed a corner in the last second and our goalie to score of it. What a goal. What a world, the unbelievable goal, the technique, absolutely insane. Couldn't have hit a better person, couldn't have hit, couldn't have been a better moment. Just perfect for today. But um, we didn't have a lot of these moments in the season. So I don't think we should take it for granted now. Just because we had it once, we have to keep going. Was it your decision for him to go up for, for the corner? No, I, I only looked at the corner. I don't expect, you know, I saw Ali starting and I didn't, my, 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 my part of the goal is that I didn't shout, stay back. I just let him run. So, and, um, but no, it's um, the last minute of the game. Nobody has to ask usually a keeper for, for going the, the opposite box when you, have, when you have to win what we obviously had to. So he went there and <laughs> for the goal. It's incredible. Wow. We saw it already 10 times back in the dressing room. It's absolutely incredible. If, what is that? If, if Oliver Giroud, Olivier Giroud scores a goal like this, everybody says that's a world class goal. Um, when Alison is doing it, we have to say the same. Did you bide your luck a little bit? Um, they had one ruled out. Um, the decision that went your way when they had, had one ruled out. And then I think in the build up to your first goal, uh, the ref gave a free kick to Liverpool when perhaps it should have been a drop ball. Did you feel that things started to, to go in your favour today? Oh, I, I didn't feel for a second that any any kind of anything um, go in our direction. I saw one team football playing all the time and one team getting all the free kicks. So when we get one when we got one free kick today and it was that one maybe not right. I think it's absolutely I'm absolutely fine with that. I, how is that? I don't know if things turn or not. We just wanna we just wanna keep. And have to keep going. We know how difficult turf more will be with supporters, and um, that's really one of the toughest places you can go to. And um, so, we have to be ready. Thank you, Roger. In order, we'll go John Cross, James Pearson, Dominic King. John Cross first. Hello, Jurgen. Uh, it was just so obvious um, from the way that the players and yourself celebrated uh, with Alison what what it meant. Uh, for, for his teammates, he's, he's clearly so you know loved amongst his teammates. Can you just talk about what a special person he is and how how happy you are for him that, that, that this should happen to him? The way that his teammates showed um, today how much they like him, it's the, the best description. He's a wonderful, 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 wonderful person. Um, and funny, smart, thoughtful, um, intense in moments. Is just a, a great guy, and um, yeah, how is that? Couldn't have couldn't have been a, no uh, for a better person to have such a special moment after all uh, what he went through. I'm I'm really really happy for him. Hi, Jürgen. Um, just in terms of Diogo Jota, you, you said before the game he, he'll miss the rest of this season. Is there any danger of him also missing the Euros? And just in terms of Quebec. Is there any chance of having him back for the last two games? Um, Diogo, I don't know actually. How I said, it's it's not not too serious, but it how it obviously we have to wait how how it develops, how it how it heals. Um, it's a little bone in in the foot, and we have to see. So um, I think he will not be in a boot for two weeks or so. Um, and when you get out of the boot, then the doctors will check how how uh, develop how the progress how far the progress is. So I don't know that, um, but of course not a top moment. Um, Ozan, no, 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 no. From the long term, Ozan unfortunately is been my long term. Nobody is um, coming back. I think. And the last question since the last hand up, Dominic King. Yeah, again, have you ever seen um, Alison do anything like that in train? Does he does he fancy going up in training, or does he is that just completely taking you by surprise today? No, I said to John Afterberg that I will go in the press conference and will tell everybody finally it paid off that he is doing that four times a week. Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not true. It must it must have been in a long term memory of him when he was probably outfield player as a kid. Nope, I never saw him doing something like this. I'm quite happy that he doesn't use the head too often. Um, and use his hand. No, 
never saw it. Absolutely perfect moment. If he's never doing it again, I'm fine. It's an absolute perfect moment. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Walt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. Um, right, I've got to try and compose myself after that. Um, football does not get much better than that moment, does it? What a finish. Um, my voice is killing me at the moment because I screamed so loud when that Alison Becker header flew in. My shirt was off. I was running around the living room. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Uh, wow. Um, I did not see that header coming in a million years and what a header what a way to win what a, what a thing to happen in this bizarre season you know we love to see a goalkeeper going up for a last second corner but it just barely ever happens that they actually score from it and clearly West Brom weren't expecting him to do that either because they gave him so much space um Oh, so happy, so happy for Alison Becker. He's obviously had a horrible couple of months on a personal level and what an emotional moment for him to get that goal. What an emotional post-match interview. Um, Yeah, not expecting that at all with the way the game was going, but somehow that's two games down, two wins down, two to go. Um, Wasn't easy. Didn't expect it to be. I'm not sure any Liverpool fan who's been paying attention this season would have expected an easy game today, especially after what happened against West Brom earlier this season. But we were the better team. I I didn't expect it to be won the way it was. A couple of scares along the way as well. We had to rely on Alisson at both ends somehow. And then the offside flag as well. We got maybe got a bit of fortune there, but... We got the job done eventually with that crazy late goal. And look, maybe that's all we can ask for at this point after the season we're having because it was classic Barclays. <laughs> this game, wasn't it, from start to finish? Obviously, West Brom scored first. It's all getting very predictable on that front. Um, Hal robson Carnu getting the goal. Zero goals in like 16 league appearances this season before today. West Brom already relegated. We needed the win, so of course they score first. Of course it happens that way. But after that, we did wake up, to be fair. We started playing better, but I worry slightly that we keep doing that a bit too much this season. You know, Alison Becker's not going to do that every game. So when, you know, we're not finding those breakthroughs, it's a bit of a worry. We had to call on Mo Salah to get the equaliser. To do what he does, what a strike. Um, Sadio Mane assist, Mo Salah goal. The pundits who love all those false narratives about their relationship must have been very confused by that one. Um, Mane had an interesting day. You know, he's he's clearly off form this season. Definitely missed a couple of great chances to score himself, you know. Uh, missed a bit of a sitter. There was that one where he drifted offside when he did get it in the net in the second half, but he will always give you a hard-working performance to win the ball back, and he he got it with that first goal, got it to the main man. In Mo Salah, who always has the capacity to score those kind of goals, I would love it if Mo won the golden boot again. Obviously, he's still so ludicrously underrated by so many people I still think when he's just an astonishing football player you know his numbers over the last four seasons now are pretty ludicrous really one of one of the absolute best I've ever had the pleasure of watching in a Liverpool shirt um you know worried with today you know West Brom we knew they were going to play this way um, and this will be the case with the games against Burnley and Palace as well they aren't teams that are going to be as open as Man United were they're not going to press in the same way that leaves those gaps they're going to play deeper and retreat into that low block where they can and we we need to be better at breaking these kinds of teams down Um, it's something we've had an issue with all season which is one of a number of reasons along with the injuries the fixture congestion the the bad luck why we find ourselves in this position of fighting to win every remaining game just to get top four but we got it done I don't I don't know how we got it done um I haven't even had time to talk about the Jota injury ruling him out for the last few games which is not what we wanted to see before kickoff but doesn't matter right now uh, Alison Becker shout out to Trent and Thiago again as well I thought they were both phenomenal today but 
Alison Becker, I just I cannot believe that's happened. I need to go and try and get my voice back a bit. I need to have another drink and bask in one of the maddest <laughs> ends to a football match we're ever going to see, probably. Um, yeah, two down, two to go. Cheers. Up the Reds. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. What a moment. Iconic historical, timeless, one of the greatest finishes to any game since John McKenna became the first Red to stick it to those toffees way back in 1892. Gary Gillespie called it surreal on LFC TV when Alison Ramesses Becker was making his way into the box. A despondent Jason McIntyre apparently said, well, what goalie has ever scored from a corner anyway? But he did. Apparently. I'll have to take Jason McAteer's and everyone else's word for it because curse you fate and my poorly functioning kidneys. I missed it. I was on the toilet having a tinkle at 1-1 feeling so low I became jealous of a speck of crud that I saw ingrained at the bottom of the toilet bowl. How good you have it, crud, I thought. No pain for you. No shared heartache of watching Liverpool this season. No idea of how cruel life can be, as yet again Liverpool have played so well and failed to win. When I came out of the toilet, as I was beginning the first couplet of a goth-like Poe-esque sonnet, dedicated to that crud, I glanced at the screen and saw Jürgen beaming. I saw our players going wild with joy. I saw Alison Becker being mobbed, swamped in happy wonder, and I saw that the score had moved to one, two, I can't tell you my delight. What a story. And what a goal scorer. If only Alison can know the love we all feel for him, especially after the wretched time he and his family have been through. This was a moment of pure light. Life is worth living, you know, and can surprise us all with its magnificence. West Brom won. Liverpool too. Liverpool's season far from over, apparently. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast saluting you, AB1, as I go and find a replay to watch a thousand times, nay, two thousand. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-1 win at West Brom. <laughs> I've, I've seen some things in football in my 54 years or so. Uh, but that comes pretty close to topping everything I had. I'd given up the ghost uh, with the the goal that they had ruled out because of VAR, and, and rightly so. But you know, I thought that was that was probably our last chance. And and when we when when Genie put that one wide of the goal frame, I was I thought that's it. It can't happen. And you know that corner was it ninety fourth minute. We all saw Alison Becker striding up. I've always thought, why, why do teams do that? You know, if you need bodies in the box, why do you put a goalkeeper in such a prominent position? Surely there are 10 more able players on the field to score a goal than your goalkeeper. But I suppose, you know, he's, he's got a big frame and if essentially it's an extra body in the box, you know, having, having thought about it, and, and clearly seeing the value of sending Alison Becker up front. What a finish. What a finish. And, and on, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a really great header. Unbelievable. And when things like that happen, then you think to yourself, don't you? You think to yourself, well, maybe this is it now. We're destined <laughs> to, to qualify for the Champions League, but there's two very, very tough games to come. And it's... It's the kind of game, these two games that are left, they are the kind of games that we struggle with. You know, it was, it was, it was great to see Bobby Firmino come out as captain today, but Bobby Firmino is 
indicative of the way our season has gone. You know, when we look back on this season, whatever the final story that we'll be telling our grandchildren is, it'll inevitably hinge on the fact that we lost our two central defenders and we lost Alison Becker for a while and we lost Jordan Henderson and Fabinho for a, uh, a good length of time. Defensive players. And yet we as Liverpool fans who've watched these games so closely, we know that that's just a, a part of the story. The reason we struggled is because we are finding it very difficult to score goals. And pleased as I was for Bobby to be captain, I wasn't best pleased with uh, his finish when he when he hit the, the crossbar or the post, he hit the woodwork anyway, whichever one it was, when really he had so much of the goal gaping. We, we missed a few good chances. Genie Wijnaldum's miss in those dying moments as well, you know? I'd have put that away. It was, it was just rolling to him beautifully. He had enough of the aim to the goal to aim at. Side foot it, top corner, just anywhere, anywhere within a yard of the post. And it would have gone in and I found that just so frustrating. But Sadio Mane, you know, it's not like he had uh, a, a gaping chance that he, that he fluffed, but he's just not the Sadio Mane we've come to know and love. He's, he's lost that. That sprightliness, he's, he's lost, um, I mean, he's had quick feet, tremendous energy, tremendous ability to change direction, um, spring into position, and I think he's lost that spring. And I have to say, as we look ahead to next season, hopefully, with the Champions League run ahead of us, hopefully, I think if someone comes in and offers some decent money for Sadio Mane, this would be a good time to let him go, um, particularly after his reaction with Jürgen the other day, which I know is supposed to be all smoothed over, but I, I don't like that kind of thing at all. Um, you know, we've, we've got to rebuild. And Diego Jota is naturally suited to that position that Sadio is playing, and I think it, it makes sense to let that switch happen. But look, that's for that's for another time. On on the on the plus side, Mo Salah's goal was just unbelievable. He continues to be our player of the year. Fabinho running in close in second spot, I'd say. But we can't rely on Mo Salah to to show us a little bit of genius once a game, or, or even twice a game, which was needed today. What a goal that was! And he, he he played so very very well indeed. Trent Alexander Arnold offensively and defensively you know they had another opportunity that that really mirrored the goal that they scored i think they were looking to attack that that channel on their right hand side probably looking to um to put reese williams under pressure and and trent covered supremely well to prevent them from getting a almost as a, an identical second goal but he was superb going forward as well he got got the assist from the corner um, wasn't 100% perfect with his crosses, but much, much better than he has been earlier in the season. Uh, he, he, he really was exceptional today, I think, Trent. I think Thiago as well, it's there for all to see now. He really is fitting in, isn't he? And um, he is becoming the player we all hoped he would be at the beginning of the season. And we know that when players come from overseas, it takes them a little while to to gel into the Premier League. It took Fabinho a good long while before he could convince Jürgen that he was worth a spot in the starting eleven, and we wouldn't leave him out now, would we? So there are things to look forward to in terms of next season with hope. But it does it is going to need to reshuffle and I think we need to focus on our ability to score goals. Anyway that's for Jürgen over the summer. We've got two absolutely enormous games to come. Let's hope Jota gets fit. Um, wow, such excitement. It is uh, just after 2 a.m. Singapore time. I am not sure that I'll be sleeping for a little while. <laughs> At Galasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. I'm actually, I'm actually at a bit of a loss for words. 
I don't know if you can tell, but um, I'm shaking. I'm pacing around my living room because I don't really know how to comprehend what just happened. I mean, I was watching it on Sky Go, so um, it was a little bit behind. And I'm one of those people that sometimes will go on Twitter, particularly in the dying stages of a game, because at that point I was just refreshing Twitter, wait, because, you know, obviously I'm a minute or so behind. At that point, I um, see that we have a corner and I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for the full-time tweet that we've drew. And I see Alison's going up for the corner. And then it was Neil Jones's tweet just comes up saying 2-1 Alison. And I'm just like, no, 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 that's, that's not possible. And lo and behold, Ali comes up and... <laughs> And scores. Oh my god! I don't. I don't know what to say. Um, I was literally preparing in my head, um, not to rip the team apart, but you know, it looked like it was going to be just one of those days. I mean, Ginny missed a big chance. There was a couple of chances early in the first half. I know there was one that really frustrated Salah that he missed in in the second half, and it was one of those where it was going to be like, well, you know, we beat United comfortably, and then we don't follow it up the next game with a big performance um but and to be fair to a certain degree we didn't um we shouldn't have been that open against West Brom um I thought Nat Phillips and Reese Williams had a a tough game um but in going forward I mean Salah basically carries this team doesn't he um but I thought Thiago had a brilliant game as well he's literally dictating everything from the center of the pitch and he was absolutely outstanding um but it just wasn't happening in front of goal um and it was frustrating I mean to be fair we you can probably say we shouldn't have even won that game um you know our, our equalizer initially was a bit controversial and and then obviously they they go ahead and it gets ruled out for offside um I mean it was you know, it wasn't the goal scorer that was offside, but it was someone else and they were blocking Alisson. So I can see why it was given, but I'd be fuming if that had gone against us. So re- really, we, should, we had no right to win that game. Um, when you look at it from that sort of perspective, but boy, does does that is everything. I mean, top four was literally slipping through our fingers just like that. And Alisson, I mean, I just... Out of everyone, I just love that it was him. Um, for the year that he's had, and you know, obviously the family problems that he's had um, this year, for him to score probably the most important goal of our entire season, it just makes me happy that it was him. And what a story! I mean, football, eh? Football. Um, but yeah, I mean, top four's still on. Um, I really hope that that gives the team the push that they need to just get the job done now. Um, I mean, the hopes are still alive and, you know, it's still all to play for. So that's, I feel like that's a big moment and I hope that's the big moment that we need. Um, we haven't had an awful lot of big moments this season. It's just been a bit of a bit of a miserable one. So moments like that are what we, what we needed. So, um yeah I'm just I'm just at a loss loss for words um I don't really know what else to say other than Alison um yeah absolutely brilliant and hopefully we can get the job done now what emotion there from our first batch of contributors here on post game Hannah the last voice with Alex Watt Owen from the Cop On podcast and Steve Dawson also giving their take next we'll head into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group Game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Mark Ross and Mike all still here to come on post game, but first let's get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Stuart Lewis writes absolute scenes in LFC fan homes across the land, and maybe quite a few in Leicester and Chelsea too. Squeaky bum time, get in alley. James Shanley though says Allison saved us, and rightly is going to be what people talk about, but those last thirty minutes were very concerning. Roger Edwards writes, listening to Sam Allardyce whinging about the decisions that went against him is almost as good as Ali's winner. Will anyone fancy listening to what Big Sam had to say? Oh, go on then. We spoke to Jürgen Klopp before he came in and he said that he saw one team that was getting all the free kicks so he didn't have a problem if one went one decision went their way when they were given a free kick 
when the referee got in the way for their first goal. Um, I, I presume you see it differently. Well, you know, old Jürgen, like he's always right, isn't he? You know what I mean? He always thinks he's right, so perhaps I do the same. Perhaps I always think he's right, like, you know, but he's a lucky man tonight. He knows it. You have to wonder if he'll have any salt left for his chips later. Sam Allardyce not happy at all with uh, well, the manner of Liverpool's winning goal. Let's get back into the comments, though. Mark Donoghue writes, Thiago's best performance by far. He finally seems to have got it. And Jay Roberts says, if we get Champions League, that moment will be right up there in club legendary status. So happy for Alisson. A moment I will never forget watching. And his post-match interview was class. Well, for more, head into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. Just follow the link in the description or head to Facebook yourself and just search for Blood Red. Let's now, though, get back to our contributors, Mark and Mike, to come. But first up is Ross. A vital 2-1 win for the Reds in the race for Champions League places against West Brom this afternoon. But that doesn't even begin to tell the tale of what I've just witnessed. Alison Becker, scored the winner with the very last touch of the game basically the the emotion was raw the the joy on everyone's face at that moment was you know absolute pure joy pure emotion what a wonderful feeling that was Alison Becker has absolutely rescued us there today it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that we're even saying this it's Something that I've never seen before. Obviously, this has never happened to Liverpool before. Keepers just don't do this. And yeah, he scored the winner. He absolutely scored the winner and absolutely rescued us, to be honest, because it was a struggle today, wasn't it? Um, they got off to a good start. West Brom, and they started off well, good intensity, closed the space down, and they got the first goal in 15 minutes. Carnu's got in, uh, Reese Williams got dragged a little bit out of position, went for the header and they got in behind him, but huge credit to Robson Carnu, great first touch and great finish with his left foot, slotted it and you're thinking it's going to be a difficult day and it, it was a difficult day. We toughed and puffed a lot there really, there was chances, half chances, but the, the equalisers actually came from really out of nothing, just a bit of pressure, We've, they've made the mistake in their half and I think Mane's won the ball and just managed to toe-poke it to Salah on the edge and just pure instincts. Salah, absolutely world-class finish from a world-class footballer. Left foot outside the box, curled it in. Absolutely wonderful. Mo Salah continues to score goals for Liverpool against all the odds with people... A lot of people don't respect what he's done for this team and what he's brought over the years, the goals he's done what he's done for us this season which has been a really tough season compared to some of the last seasons we've had and he's consistently scoring them goals and he's a big big game player he's got the equaliser today and from that point, from that moment I'm thinking we're going to go on and uh, get back into the game pretty comfortably but it just didn't happen we huffed like I say we huffed and puffed there was chances I think um did uh, Firmino hit the hit the post? I think uh, about around the half hour mark. Probably should have hit the target. Should have scored. But wasn't there wasn't a lot of chances, not loads of chances. I thought Thiago for Liverpool had a good game. Obviously, was involved in any of the good stuff we did. Kept moving the ball well. Kept moving it quick enough. But you say wasn't wasn't a huge lot of chances. But when all said and done, all that's going to be remembered from this game is. The get out of jail card has been played well and truly. Alison Becker has uh, yeah the the emotion was the emotion was raw like we say. I was I felt the emotion there when he scored. I felt the emotion. What a wonderful interview at the end there from Alison. You can see, you know, we know what he's been through personally with his, the tragedies of his father and stuff, not being able to get over there, and you could see what it meant to him. And the, you could see what it meant to the team and what how important Allison is to the team. He's obviously big, big figure in that uh, dressing room and he was absolutely overjoyed. And it's just little things like this. And it's been a it's been a hard season. It's been a really unenjoyable season on many fronts. Obviously the performances and the results have not been good. But not just that, it's it's not been enjoyable because we can't go the game. We've not been able to share these the games with our with our friends and family. It's it's the VAR. Everything is 
it's not been enjoyable. It's not been an enjoyable season in any way, shape or form. And it was just at that moment when Alisson scored that goal, it almost it almost doesn't matter. The release and the, the, the feeling that you feel, that's why, we're, that's why we're involved in football. That's why we love the game. And that's why I love this club. It'll only ever happen to Liverpool these special moments. And that's another little special moment for us to remember. We've had some amazing moments over the years, obviously bigger than this, but just for that little moment and that little bit of momentum, that was a huge moment for Liverpool and hopefully a huge moment for the team. We've got out of jail free, like I say. We've got the win. Somehow, somewhere, we're in the mix for this top four. I don't know how. Do we deserve it? Well, we probably do because we're still in the mix, but we've made every weather of it. We've got two games to go now. It's going to be the the biggest cliche of all time, but two, two huge cup finals. Win those two games. We're in the Champions League. And it's after the season we've had and the difficulties we've had, some of the results and the runs of form we've had to be in this position with two games to go. Uh, it's it's unbelievable, really. So the positives now are just massive. We've got to push on. Two games to go. Can't wait for the next game. Let's get it done, Liverpool. Come on, Liverpool. Unbelievable turn of events there in the West Bromwich Albion Liverpool fixture, which I don't think you'll ever see any quite like that. I mean... What made it even more crazy for me watching it, it was I was actually watching a game and at the moment in time, or a couple of minutes before the the last few minutes of the game, there was a, like a downpour where, where I live. And I, I, I still can't believe it happened really, but as Alison's header connects with the ball and I can sort of see the trajectory, trajectory of the ball going towards the net, the sky actually goes off. So I didn't know whether he'd scored. So I'm looking at it thinking to myself, it looks like Alisson scored and I'm going crazy. And obviously then looked at the Twitter um, and seeing that he'd scored, which made it even more surreal. What a moment that was. And I mean, Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool struggled again. And by the way, I think it's going to be a real struggle in the next two games to get the victories. And I'm not still 100% confident they can do that based on today's performance and the evidence of the season in trying to gain back-to-back victories over a long period and also facing up against teams like West Brom today. But if they now were not to go on and somehow salvage the season and get into the Champions League with that moment, I think it'd be as almost as depressing and deflating as the whole season's gone. It'd be more so. I think I'd be more depressed by that than anything else, really. Um, obviously, if Liverpool could salvage the season and, and get into the Champions League and everything, we'll go over what, what that means to the club not just financially, but in terms of everything else. It'd be a massive achievement from the position they were in a few weeks ago and, and just how poor they've been. And to lose six consecutive home games, I still have to scratch my head sometimes. I think Liverpool lost six consecutive home league games this season against some of the opposition they did as well. It was absolutely unbelievable. So they've really gone to the depths this season. And I think in today's fixture showed you why by no means is a guarantee that Liverpool are going to go on to claim six points in the next two games because against West Brom at both ends of the football field it showed why Liverpool have struggled this season so Liverpool created opportunities didn't take anywhere near enough of them from really good positions that they found themselves in and that's been a recurring theme throughout the season on the attacking side but against the team who did sit there, and let's be perfectly honest, West Brom are a very, very average Premier League team. Obviously, they're going to get relegated, but on the ball. So they set up in a very basic shape to try and deny the opposition deep in their own half. And Liverpool, again, lacked. I mean, the thing is about Liverpool, is Liverpool have got some fantastic players in the squad. And certainly over the last few years, because of how the team have operated and the success that they've had and certain players that they have in certain positions. They've gone on to dominate most of the football matches that they now play in. And they had so many weapons in which which ways they could hurt you. Even from, you know, the centre-half areas in terms of playing out from the back, Joe Gomez bringing the ball into midfield, breaking lines, matter the same, and Van Dijk playing over a longer range when a team pressed high. Uh, the full-backs from wide areas. And it meant that as we know with Liverpool's forwards, Liverpool's forwards are not Manchester City's forwards. They don't excel 
in the tightest of areas against teams who sit deep. However, the structure of Liverpool's side and the fact that they had so many weapons and were so dominant in terms of territory and the overall game meant that Liverpool still had by far enough. And even though that wasn't the, the first strength of Salah, Manny, etc. in the final third, they were still able to to score enough goals to win fixtures, even if it meant sometimes, and this gets lost, that it was by one goal margins a lot last season. The organisation of the side and the defensive structure and the player profiles of the defenders meant that Liverpool could basically box the opposition into their own half. They had no real worry about what was coming back the other way when the ball was turned over, which meant that they almost suffocated the opposition and therefore the pressure eventually would tell. And not just not just from open play either. They had that set-piece threat from Van Dijk. So, fast forward to this season and you can see that's obviously not the case. I mean, and this is no fault of Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, but at times, trying to manage the isolated moments in games that West Brom got, it was painful to watch, really. Not only from a, a decision-making aerially when the ball was played, percentage balls were played, into Liverpool's half, but also managing them spaces that Liverpool leave behind when West Brom were able to advance the ball into the wider areas and Liverpool are then in one-on-one situations in which they gain success. And when you look at the game overall, I mean, Liverpool go on to win the game, but West Brom could have won the game. They had more than enough opportunities, just as Liverpool did, and from so little of the ball. And that's got to be a massive concern. I mean, you look at the, the two teams they're coming up against next, Burnley, are going to offer a substantial threat in terms of aerially, which which is something for Liverpool's goal today and in general they really struggled with. And then you've got Crystal Palace, who will offer that counter-attacking threat, especially down the sides of the pitch, when Liverpool open up and try and be on the front foot. And again, you're then asking them centre-halves to go into areas that they are not comfortable in managing duels 1v1. So I don't expect it to be easy. I certainly don't think it's a, a given, like I said, that Liverpool are going to get the points. But the most important thing for Liverpool is to somehow win these two football matches. And like I said, if they weren't to do so from after that moment today, I think that would be the, the, the most disappointing aspect to a really disappointing season. So, unbelievable result. And now I suppose it's just on them able, being able to be better in both boxes, which they haven't been over the course of the season in the two fixtures to be able to get the points which will allow them to go into next season in a much stronger position, not only off the field, but also on the field in terms of trying to attract players and and be in a position to compete financially. So we'll see how it goes. West Brom 1, Liverpool 2, and my head has fell well and truly off. Just going into this match, you knew West Brom would be parking the bus from minute one. But the amount of rain you've seen before kickoff felt that was massively going to help us shift the ball on that pitch. I mean, initially, really gutted to hear that Jot was injured. I think Jurgen probably would have gone with the front four in this match. A couple of chances early on from Phillips, but just struggled to direct them on target, but nothing really clear cut. 15th minute, there's a massive gap to exploit between Robbo and Williams there, and a ball slipped through to Robson Carney with, truth be told, a brilliant finish to put West Brom 1 0 up. Reese Williams kind of showing his inexperience there, being drawn towards the ball, which pulls him out of position. My initial fear to go and 1-0 down against a side like that is they'll just sit back and say to you, well, you know, break us down then. And historically, that's been a bit of an issue for Liverpool. Ten minutes later, one of our best moves of the match at that point came from uh, some good interplay with Fabinho and Thiago, who sets Mane up, but just fires wide. But that's exactly what we needed to do to break them down. Little one-twos in and around the box. We did persist with penetrating them and eventually make that breakthrough with an equaliser from Salah, edge of the box as he curls it in with a wonderful finish into the bottom corner. We really needed to get that equaliser within that half. From then on in, it was all Liverpool. With Bobby striking the post a couple of minutes later, we really got our tails up then offensively. West Brom did have another chance with a carbon copy of their goal with Robson Carnu, but Trent does really well to cover across to save the embarrassment of the centre-halves there. I quite enjoy the fact that we were trying to be intricate around the box rather than just whipping hopeless balls and finding the West Brom centre-half's heads. Thiago and Fabinho doing really well to thread little balls through into the front three. And then starting the second half, you just wanted us to keep that intensity, keep patient in possession, and that's exactly what we did. 
Shakiri comes on for Jones on the hour mark, which I, th- I felt at that time was the correct move. I just felt Jones wasn't really impacting the match as much as maybe he'd want to. But to be honest, I was a little disappointed with Mane, who just seemed to have a lack of movement and that explosiveness to beat a man that we'd probably associate with him in the past. West Brom did find the back of the net, only to get it chalked off for VAR with Robson Carnu in Allison's line of sight. But every chance that we were gaining was coming through Thiago, threading those balls through to the front three countless times, and you were only feeling that eventually we would find that winner. With 10 minutes left on the clock, I was actually wanting to see maybe Origi come on, which I've not said all season, just to change it up a little bit, provide a bit of an aerial threat in the box and just change it up really, because I was really frustrated with Mane's lack of threat at that point. And in the 82nd minute, Trent's got a great chance to win it, cutting in on his right in the box, but he just gets underneath it rather than placing it. 89th minute, Salah sets Genie up, edge of the box, who skies over, Probably not the player that you want the ball to fall to in that position. And you were starting to feel like they were our two biggest chances that had left us. But in the last minute of added time, with what felt like the 60th corner of the match for the Reds, Alison Becker comes up and guides it into the back of the net to save Liverpool at the other end of the pitch. Honestly, my head's just gone after that. Any spare lungs, just give me a shout because that was unbelievable. And you know what, just listening to Alisson there at the end with his interview and seeing him on the pitch with Jürgen, all that emotion coming out after recent months in his personal life, that was so touching and I'm so made up for him. In terms of individual performances, I think we've seen a positive performance from Thiago, who's shown us exactly what he needs to bring to this Liverpool side. I think Bobby looked more confident after his two goals at Old Trafford, Salah with his 125th goal for the club, and Trent was a constant threat and showed us potentially what a future captain's performance battling throughout was. Liverpool somehow within touch and distance of the Champions League places. The Reds never do it the easy way, but you wouldn't have it any other way. Mike last to have his say following on from Mark and Ross here on Post Game. That's it from us for this episode on the Blood Red channel. Do make sure you stick with us for all of the reaction in Monday's Blood Red podcast. And don't forget, Post Game will be back following Wednesday's visit to Turf Moor to take on Burnley. But for this edition, it's over and out as Alisson saves Liverpool's season, heading Liverpool on course for a top four finish. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.